everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today is a very special episode. I thought I'd put another episode out before the, the end episode, the very last one, so I thought I'd do something kind of fun. So today's episode, which you can probably tell by the title, uh, this episode is about my 10 favorite twists of Tales from the Crypt episodes just the twists within the series that I find really memorable or really interesting or creative. And I thought I'd just talk about those 10 favorites for me. Now they are not in any particular order. And this doesn't mean that there's not like other great episodes and things like that. There's so many. I mean, I had 93 episodes to pick from. So I'm going to talk a little bit about each of my favorite twists and then I'll play a little clip and yeah, we'll have a good time. So here we go. So my first favorite twist uh, that I wanted to talk about, the first one is season four, episode eight, Showdown. Now, all in all, I found this episode a little bit boring. It felt like it was padded for time a bit for me. Um, but this is the one about a cowboy in the West and he's being tracked down by like a, like a bounty hunter, criminal hunter type thing. So the twist for this episode for Showdown is that the guy, the cowboy has actually been dead all along or he died during the shootout at the showdown. So it cuts to the future and suddenly we're in like the 90s and this ghost town or this uh, old town from the west has been preserved into some sort of like a tourist attraction. So then he's walking around, no one can see him, but he can see everything and he can see about what happened to him, but he doesn't remember it because I don't know if you're some sort of purgatory or something, but the fun twist is that now the place that he was at is this tourist attraction, which I thought was kind of an interesting twist, even though the episode didn't really stand out to me for other things. So here's the clip for the twist of season four, episode eight, Showdown. I shut you dead, Tom McMurdo. True enough. But you don't recall what happened after that, do you? I came in here. Oh, you remember walking away from my buddy? Crossing the street? Coming up those saloon steps? Can you honestly say? It's all a blank, isn't it? You don't remember at all. You're just like us. Only you ain't got sense enough to admit it. Accept it, Mr. Quintain. Accept it. Accept it, Billy. Accept it, Billy. Go away! You're dead and I'm alive! I'm alive! Go away! Go away! Go away! to know that this saloon has got its very own ghost. A ghost, Big Bart? And not just any ordinary ghost either, little fella. Turn that thing off. But I'm talking about the ghost of Billy Quintain himself. Yes, sirree, the fastest gun in the West. But his luck ran out on him the day that old Tom McMurder caught up with him. Tracker Tom, the Texas Ranger. Oh, and what a showdown it was too, folks. Both men drew and both men fired. But it was Tracker Tom that hit the dust struck down by the outlaw's bullet. But we all know that Tom McMurder didn't come to town alone that fateful day. His posse was hit out all over this town. And the moment that Tom bit the dust, that posse cut down Billy Quintain. Yes, sirree, out of every window, every rooftop, out of every doorway they come, a flinging lead at him. And they tell me, some folks do, that late at night, if you listen real close, 
You can hear the voice of that poor lost soul up there, a whistling and a crying through the rafters of this saloon, screaming like a banshee. Well, that's enough of that, folks. Let's mosey on down the trail. There's still a lot more to be seen here. Step right over this way. So the next one, the next twist that I liked for the series uh, would be season three, episode five, Top Billing. This is one that's about, um, it had John Astin in it, uh, also John Lovitz and stuff. And it's about a guy, John Lovitz, who is uh, like a struggling actor. And he's fighting against this other guy for a role of Hamlet in this local production at this gym. And the people who are throwing it are a little bit, a little bit different, a little eccentric. And they're really adamant about putting on the production like within the next day or something. And it's this whole thing. And so John Lovitz ends up uh, murdering the other guy who is in line to get the role of Hamlet. He comes out and talks to them. And he says that the other guy like took off or couldn't handle it. And he thinks he's going to be Hamlet. And then they inform him, no, you're not. You're going to be Yorick. And he's like, well, Yorick's dead. Like he died before any of this. And they're like, exactly. And then they start coming after him. And you find out, which I think this is a really creepy twist. You find out that they are all escapees or, um, yeah, I guess escapees from a mental institution. And they show where they've killed a lot of the people there. And they've kind of snuck over into the gymnasium, I think, connected to the asylum or the institution. And they're putting on this production and they've killed everyone else who is there to care for them or work at the hospital. And that's what you find out. And in the clip that I'm going to show, the phone is ringing because I think the police are trying to contact him or contact, just call in. People are calling in and no one's answering the phone. So the police, I think, are coming over to do a check soon. But it's kind of a creepy twist. So here is a clip from season three, episode five, Top Billing. Where's the prop for the gravedigger scene? I'm working on it. They don't grow on trees. Mr. Yes, what do you want? Don't you see you're interrupting the rehearsal? Where's your friend? He should be on the stage this instant. I'm afraid he left, Mr. Hallowell. Left? A Hallowell production? The worst case of stage fright I've ever seen. He was totally blue. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, I, I'd like to suggest myself for the part, sir. No, no, you're all wrong. You don't have the look. I'm an actor, Mr. Hallowell. I can give you what you want. No, 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 no. Yes, if I change my interpretation slightly. Well, then, the part is yours. Beaks, Beaks! Well, you, you mean it? I'm cast? Yes, show our new member to his dressing room, Beaks. <laughs> you won't regret it, Mr. Hallowell. Oh, we open. Speak the speech, I pray you. As I pronounced it to you, trippingly on the tongue. But if you mouth it, as many of your players are wont to, I had as leaf the town crier spoke my lines. I had as leaf the town crier spoke my lines. Ready for the final run through? Oh, uh, final run through? I haven't had rehearsal yet. <laughs> oh, you won't need much rehearsing. Hamlet is a complicated role. I, I, I can't do it without rehearsal. Who said you were playing Hamlet? I'm playing Hamlet. Didn't you see me out there before holding up a plastic skull? Alas, poor Yorick. 
I knew him, Horatio. Beaks, did you tag the costumes as I instructed? Yes, your vastness. Wait, I spy. Well, if I'm not playing Hamlet, what role am I playing? Yorick? Uh, Yorick's been dead 23 years before the play starts. We've had a hell of a time casting the part. Someone keeps stealing the skull. <laughs> That's crazy. Biggs, help me. Certainly, sir. Just slip into this hood. You're all mad. Fucking nuts. favorite twists is going to be season five episode 10 came the dawn this one kind of like it had me pretty excited by the end i mean really the twist isn't something we haven't seen before it was basically um about a man and he's having a fight with his wife or has a, an ex or something he picks up a hitchhiker who's played by brooke shields eventually you find out that he is actually like cross-dressing as the other this other woman who is jealous and he uses that jealousy to like kill other people uh, i think particularly women you can kind of see it coming, you know, and like I said, I have, it's been done before in Psycho and a couple other movies and stuff. But what really got me is when you think about how tied he is to this character and how much this is working for him, like how much he kind of believes it. Because there's times where he has made phone calls as this woman. He has just set up different things and um, recordings and stuff to kind of do all this. And then he will just shoot back to being the, his regular character, like who he is. So this clip about the twist is the guy and Brooke Shields are heading upstairs to get intimate. Before they can, there's a voice of a woman downstairs. He runs downstairs to check. She ends up uh, getting kicked out upstairs in the balcony. There's a big storm going. So she gets booted outside with her clothes on like a balcony. And then eventually is like, you know what? Screw this. Goes back inside, goes downstairs, figures out that he's actually the woman. And then there's like a whole big killing thing. So here's a clip of the ending of season five, episode 10, Came the Dawn. Hello? Who's there? Where is she? Go ahead. What are you doing? Well, isn't this sweet? Dinner for two, champagne for two, and my color lipstick on the glass. Let me explain. You've got some little trollops in our bed, don't you? You stick your dick in a smother dangerous when she's like this. Yeah, well, so do I. Don't, please, please, there's no time. You've got to go. Touch me up! 
gone. twist that I really enjoyed was from season five, episode five, People Who Live in Brass Hearses. Now this is the one with Bill Paxton and Michael Lerner and Brad Dourif. And Brad Dourif and Bill Paxton are brothers and they're criminals and they're trying to pull one over on a guy who is an ice cream truck man who I believe sent Bill Paxton's character to jail previously and they're looking for all this money that they think he has. The brothers get to Michael Lerner's house and the main twist is that Michael Lerner is a conjoined twin. Now they do this in a couple episodes in different ways on Tales from the Crypt, I think at least three episodes, but this one really stuck with me. So his twin is behind him, is connected to his back. So what happens is when he drives the ice cream truck, he'll be in the front driving or one of them will, and then he can shut that window, like close it up. And then the other guy behind him, his twin, hands out the ice cream. Everyone thinks he's just moving, but really it's not. It's like a two-man group thing. And that's one reason he can't get out of the truck. They end up shooting at him. They end up killing the brother. And now he's got this like dead brother on his back. And then at the end, he tries to go back to working in the ice cream truck, but his brother's all like decaying behind him and and he's in a really bad mood. And I always thought it was a really memorable twist. So here's the twist clip from season five, episode five, People Who Live in Brass Hearses. Hands where we can see them, bird. We want it all. We don't mean 31 flavors. Yeah. No, no, please spare me. It wasn't my idea to report you. I tried to talk him out. 
Freeze! Enough of this crazy shit. Show him, Verge. Show him we got ways to make him talk. Right, Billy. An idiot. Oh, wouldn't tell us where the money was, would he? <laughs> Is he gonna tell us now? Huh? Is he? Is he? You fucking retard! Oh shit! Just find the money, okay? You check the bedroom. Oh, I'll search the rest of the house. Do it! alone, could you? No! You're dead! I warned you. Virgil! 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 Now it's just you and me, William. And it ain't over yet. <laughs> it's payback time! No! No! Yes! Yes! I'll bet you and your brother were real close. Uh, uh, fuck you. Let me tell you about my brother. Well, we were close, too. Until he died. Uh, uh, In fact, we're still uh, close. Uh, Look how close. Look what you've done! Look what you've done! So the next clip for one of my favorite twists is from season four, episode seven, The New Arrival. Now this one is also fairly memorable for a lot of people. And it's about this guy who is a like a radio psychologist for children. And he gets a call from Zelda Rubenstein's character and she has a daughter that isn't behaving. So he goes over to the house and tries to help with a couple other people from his radio station. At the end, everyone from the radio station, the other two uh, women, I believe, uh, who came with him are dead. And now he's upstairs tied to a chair. And Zelda Rubenstein's character comes out and she's like, 
hey, I want you to meet Felicity. Felicity is her daughter. I don't know why she won't behave. And at this point, the psychologist is like, I don't believe that there's a Felicity. I think you're just playing because Zelda Rubenstein is a fairly short person, kind of the same size. So the skeleton girl comes up, like she's got a skeleton face and he realizes it's true, it's real. And, and so Zelda Rubenstein explains that she basically killed her daughter with love. I'm assuming either she smothered her in certain ways or maybe it was a, a Munchausen by proxy thing or maybe it was overfeeding or something. But somehow she killed her daughter and her daughter has lived now about 40 years after dying and is still running around but is a skeleton and, or like a decayed body. And I just think it's kind of an interesting twist. You definitely don't really see it coming. So here is the twist clip for season four, episode seven, The New Arrival. Now you see why I need help. But now I think of it, there's a, there's a, there's a colleague of mine. If I could just call him. Dr. Getz, you promised you could help make Felicity better. Good psychology beats bad behavior, you said. Now look here, you sick bitch. If you don't untie me now, I'm gonna kick your fucking head. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I know you didn't. You've had a rough day. Shall I bring Felicity up? After all, she is the patient. Uh, yes, that's a good idea. A little bit of love therapy is definitely in order. Good. I'll go get her. Mummy says you wanted to talk to me. She says you haven't been feeling very well lately. Is that true? Well, if you'd come over here, sit on my lap, I think maybe I could help you feel better. I think I could. I'd like to help you feel better. You know, Felicity, sometimes people want us to be what we aren't, and that makes us very angry. But I just want you to be little Felicity White. I love you just the way you are. Now, if you were to uh, untie my arm, I could give you a hug. Thank you. Now, here's your love therapy. The only way to beat bad behavior is with worse behavior. Hey, Nora, I know it's you. Doctor, get. Stop it. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, come to mommy, darling. I know what you're thinking. I spoiled her to death. And I suppose you're right. Amazing, ain't she? Been dead 40 years and she's still busy as a bee. It's love that keeps her going, but it's love that hurts her too. That's why you came. That's why they all came. 
So the next one on my list is one episode that a lot of people don't really ever mention or talk about, but I still think it's got a, a fun little twist there at the end, even if it is a little silly. Season three, episode eight, Easel Kill Ya. So this one is about a painter or like a, he's an artist. He's struggling for money, even though he has a nice little like studio. He gets inspired by a death of someone in his building and he uses their blood to make a painting. And then there's this guy who wants to buy up all these paintings because he likes things that are macabre and deathly and stuff. So then the artist starts making all this money. Uh, it's played by Tim Roth, I believe. He falls for this woman who's in his either like Obsessions Anonymous or like Alcohol Anonymous, something like that. He's not supposed to be drinking, I think. Yeah. So he meets this woman and they fall for each other. And so then she eventually fins figures out that he's painting with blood. And so she freaks out and runs off and she gets hit by a car. And so she gets taken to the hospital. And in order to pay for the surgery, because she has no insurance, because I, I can't remember what she does. I think she's a photographer or something. I could be wrong. Anyway, so he's at the hospital and she can't pay the bill or something. It's all really quick at the end. And he doesn't want to do any more paintings because it's getting like too hard to cover up the issue and he's going to get arrested. But the, the investor guy who wants his painting is willing to get him like a lot of money for one more so he's like fine I'll do it so I can get her her surgery and then he goes outside the hospital and he kills a guy and he uses the paint real quick to do like a really just whatever painting <laughs> it's really quick and he's able to like run back to the investor guy and be like hey I need the money and he's like cool and then he gives him the money and he goes back to the hospital the twist that I think is just funny because it's just it's just like oh of course <laughs> So he gets there, the other guy who's waiting for the neurologist or whatever uh, to come and do the surgery tells him, oh, our surgeon that's supposed to be coming in has been brutally murdered outside the hospital or whatever, he's been killed. So I don't know who's gonna do the surgery and some crazy man killed him or whatever, oh my gosh, and, and all this stuff. So it, it's such a silly twist ending, but it, it's, it made me like kind of chuckle. And I think it's fun to mention, like one, it's just silly. So it's like, had he not killed this other man to get the money, there'd be a surgeon. I don't know why they can't call another surgeon. I, I Maybe like she's going to die in the next hour or something. Like she could have lived just with debt, <laughs> medical debt. Um, but now I think she's probably dead. So here is the clip of the twist for season three, episode eight, Easel Kill Ya. Let me explain. Sharon. I'm not that person anymore. Sharon, I need you now. Sharon? Sharon? Sharon, wait! damaged. I'm not sure she'll survive the night. Well, do something! Look, we've got the best neurosurgeon in the city on his way right here to evaluate the situation. Now, if anyone can save her, he can. However, the girl has no insurance. Her family has no money. And an operation is very difficult and very expensive. If you get the doctor, you do the operation. I'll get you the money.
You've made me very happy. One hundred thousand dollars. I got your money. You see this? Bang something in the morning, you'll get your fucking fee. I'm afraid that won't be necessary, Mr. Craig. The surgeon who could have saved Sharon's life was murdered a few hours ago. What? Yeah, some maniac attacked him on his way here. Caved in his skull. I'm sorry. So the next one on my list is one that a lot of people really like, and I thought it was a fun twist. It's a very silly episode. This one is season two, episode 10, The Ventriloquist Dummy. Now this one is about Don Rickles, and he's a ventriloquist, and Bobcat Goldthwait is like a comedian who, who idolizes him, who has idolized, who has idolized him since he was a kid, and now it's, you know, later on in life. And Rickles has this like really good puppetry and fun jokes and whatever. And he has this like little puppet dude over his hand and, and everything. And so the twist for this one is that the hand underneath the puppet is his conjoined brother. So I guess this is episode number four, actually. I think all the conjoined episodes are people who live in brass hearses, ventriloquist dummy, my brother's keeper, and then about face is kind of the same. So he has a brother named Marty. It is a grotesque little head with bulbous eyes and it's all like mad and everything because it never got to live a normal life. And he has to use, Don Rickles has to use morphine to keep Marty at bay. And he goes after Bobcat Goathwaite. He ends up getting chopped off of Don Rickles' arm. And he ends up kind of fusing himself with Bobcat's hand. And then they go into the show business. It's a silly, fun twist. You don't really see it coming. You just think maybe Don Rickles is the killer and the puppets, you know, he just lives through the puppet. But then when it's revealed, it's just, it's just funny. I thought I'd throw it on this list. So here is the clip from season two, episode 10, The Ventriloquist Dummy. You killed that woman tonight, didn't you? No, no, nothing. Don't lie to me, old man. You killed her. No, you no. stick of gasoline. You tried to set a fire to cover it up just like that other woman 15 years ago. No, no, no I set those fires, but I never killed any of those Then who killed her? Who killed her? Morty. Who? Morty. He hates women. He's never been able to have a woman in a normal way. Oh, I... I try to stop him. But there's just no reasoning with Morty. He's very willful. And very psychotic. Mr. Ingalls, there's, um, people who understand, uh, people who can help you. What are you saying? I'm crazy? Split personality? That I hear voices in my head in the middle of the night? I think you better go now before Morty tries to hurt you. Morty can't hurt me. He, he, he's made of cloth and wood. Nothing else. You don't know what you're saying. I'll show you. Morty, please. Not again. He can't hurt me. He's, he's not real. He can't do anything. He isn't alive. He's just a dummy. They manufactured him. I'll prove it to you. Come here, Mr. Engels. Come over here and take a look at this. He isn't real. He's constructed of wood and cloth. Some wires, some cables. He has no mind, no soul, and no head. Ah! 
one is an episode full of twists and turns and I think it makes it really interesting because they really pack a lot into this. So this episode is season seven episode one Fatal Caper. So this one is directed by Bob Hoskins. It also has him in it. It has Natasha Richardson you know and it's just like this guy this older guy who has a heart condition. He has these uh, sons that he did not raise well. One of them he sent away for being too feminine and or like effeminate and just he just couldn't and hadn't seen him in 15 years so there's all these different twists and turns and where one person is like pretending to be dead and then someone else is pretending to be dead and everything but the main twist at the end I wanted to mention is that this whole time Natasha Richardson's character is the long lost son Frank and so she is a trans woman and she's looking to get this inheritance money so she can complete you know getting surgery the bottom surgery I assume there's just this weird thing where like her dad kind of is hitting on her so here is the clip from season seven, episode one, Fatal Caper. I spoke with Frank this morning, Lord Abbs, and he's really looking forward to seeing you. Mycroft, please. And looking forward to seeing him. Well done, Fiona. If I may be so familiar. You know, I may be a bit older. I still know a thing or two about pleasuring a woman. You have beautiful breasts. Thank you. The truth is I've had them done. In fact, there's another piece of surgery that... Uh, you should know about. I've been waiting, you see, for the um, money I'm about to inherit. Oh, God. Nora. Fella. Hello, Daddy. Frank. Okay, so this is number nine on my list again, in no particular order. I just think I just needed a list. This episode twist is a little different. This is a uh, season five, episode four, Food for Thought. So in this episode, Ernie Hudson is a carnival psychic playing a character named Zambini. And he is in a relationship, uh, I believe it's, I guess it's his wife, played by Joan Chen. And they have this whole thing where like, can like send messages back and forth. She can hear his, but she has a hard time sending them back. So they've been working on that. And then she's also having an affair with, uh, I believe, the strong man. Or, or no, 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 she's having an affair with the fire eater. But the fire eater also works with this monkey named Nabunga, uh, this ape gorilla. 
the Fire Eater and Joan Chin's character fall in love and they want to run off together because Zambini is very abusive and it's it's kind of gross. <laughs> like he's kind of gross. The Fire Eater guy ends up getting killed by being set on fire and everyone thinks it's an accident, but Joan Chin knows better. And towards the end of this, he's starting to get messages back from a female sounding voice and he thinks it's Joan Chen and he's like, oh good, it's finally working. And so what I thought was kind of interesting twist is that the gorilla, Nabunga, is actually the one who is sending the messages back. So this whole time she's been getting messages too from him. And so Nabunga was close to the fire eater guy and she had seen or at least knows now what happened to him. So she's mad. So she gets out of her cage and she's like telepathically talking to him. And then she comes down through the ceiling of his um, little cabin thing he's in, his little like wagon thing and kills him. And then at the end, she's holding his head back in her cage, eating his brains out like a thing of popcorn. And so I thought I'd throw it in there. It's an interesting episode. It's kind of a weird one, but it's fun. I I like the circus episodes. Uh, So yeah, here is the clip from season five, episode four, Food for Thought. What's going on out there? Nothing, as far as I know. It's out like nothing. What have you done? Christ, what a mess. Oh my god. Johnny! Oh, Johnny! Sambini killed him. It was an accident, honey. Johnny was a fire eater. It happens. No. I know Sambini killed him. Sambini did this to him. Going somewhere? Here, have something to eat. Go to hell. Oh, come on, Connie. Where do you think you're going? I don't care. As long as it's without you. Don't you open the door. You're mine.
Now that's a man-eating gorilla. And so the last one, this is number 10. I thought I'd do this one especially for my friend Jonathan, who was on the recent episode for The Third Pig. Because while I don't like this episode, I will admit it is a good twist. And a lot of people remember it. This last twist on my list is Season 2, Episode 5, Freeze a Crowd. Now, this one is about a man who is married to this woman, and they have this other mutual friend. There's some jealousy here where the husband thinks they're having an affair. The main guy has, like, some issues with drinking and depression. And the thing I don't like about the episode is they never just come out and say it instead of making it a surprise. And the guy is literally crying, and the wife is just like, no, I want it to be a surprise. (laughs) Because they have been trying to get pregnant for a while, and it's not happening. And I think he also lost his job. And so they're having an anniversary, and so their one friend, the friend that he thinks is cheating on him with, uh, invites him to his cabins. They get there, and it's just, it's weird. And then the guy, the main guy gets really drunk and kind of loses it and ends up killing the guy. I think he sticks him to a wall with like a bow and arrow. He ends up just going crazy, and then she shows up, and he ends up killing her as well. And so the twist, the creepy twist, is he kills her. He drags her outside all the way across like this bridge, this small little bridge over a lake over to the other cabin. And he goes into the cabin and the, the twist is he's going to be a dad. She is pregnant and there are a bunch of people here to congratulate him. And he walks in with her body on the ground and it's just like toys and balloons. And everyone's like, woo, you're going to be a dad. And he's like, what? And he's drunk and he just got to kill her. And then everyone looks down and sees her body. And then the episode ends. So here is the clip from season two, episode five, Three's a Crowd. Ah! Oh, don't do that. You scared me. Why are you wearing my coat? What do you think? Present, baby. Oh. 
So that's it. That's my list of 10 of my favorite twists. There are still some other great twists and things and episodes that I really like. Most of the episodes have at least something in them that I think is worth liking, whether it be the acting or the scenery or the costumes or makeup or whatever. But yeah, I just wanted to put out like a little special episode here. The next episode will be the last one. It will be just a big thank you episode. I'll have a bunch of clips and just talking about people and who've been on the episodes and things like that and just thanking everyone. And so it'll be fun. So that'll be the last one and then the podcast will be done and I'll explain more about that in the next episode. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. Just 10 of my favorite twists. Thanks for listening. You can check me out on Twitter at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. Bye. I just had quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was...